down in front. Just a boy. Just a sweet little boy. Welcome back to Old Bogies and Films. Each episode, the members of this panel take turns assigning a film to watch and discuss. We have Shelly, Ruth, Eric, Bahad, and me, Takia. As a prompt for the first cycle of this new season, we decided our picks should make a meaningful callback in some way to our first movie picked last season. My first pick was The Kindergarten Teacher, so I assigned the fogies to watch. We need to talk about Kevin. When a kindergarten teacher featured a boy in the care of a disturbed teacher, this movie features a, this, a disturbed boy who commits a massacre at a school and is told from his perspective of, the, of this mother who is left to pick up the pieces. And it's like the flip side, right? The the teacher was disturbed. Yes. And now the boy is disturbed. Yes, yes. But we All still right. have like we still have like adult woman versus boy, right? But their roles are kind of different. Yes, yes. All right. So uh this does this movie was a, a woman about woman named Eva who's a travel writer and a former Bohemian free spirit who gets married and is forced to give up her free spirit lifestyle when she gets married and has her son Kevin. And the movie basically focuses on um, the aftermath of her her son's um, what uh, the her son committing this committing this massacre committing a school massacre. So she is um, living a new life in a neighborhood, and um, she's deals with hostility from the neighbors of the moms the mothers of whose sons and daughters die the hands of her of of um, Kevin, her son. You look, you look you look through her life in flashbacks. So when she from when she's she first started out as a free-spirited tra- travel writer to her life, kind of coming to this life, uh, kind of, un- I guess, a somewhat unwanted, unprepared life as a mother, and to top and to, I guess, make things more complicated, a son who is quite off. <laughs> so, you know, something's, something's quite off about him, and, and until you, and you see that until, you, until he commits the ultimate crime, which is, yeah, murdering his classmates. So, um, so now I guess we're going to see what, what everyone else thought about the movie. Uh, we'll start with Fahad. So this movie overall, it's a very tough movie to watch because of what it's portraying, but I really enjoyed it. Like I thought it's an important movie in the sense of looking at warning signs that are out there and not just brushing things to the side. Um, with this movie, like Takia, you mentioned, it's really from the point of view of the mother having to deal with this tragedy that her son caused. And you see her from the point where she has her child all the way through the tragedy, through the aftermath. But the way that the story is told, it's very disjointed in that you see bits of the past, the present, um, you know, all intermixed and the whole story comes together as you're watching it, um, where you know what that something really bad happened. You don't fully know exactly what it was until the movie gets towards the end. But um, you see little signs that the child is displaying throughout. And, you know, these are the types of things that we talk about with all these unfortunate tragedies that we're facing with all these school shootings that are happening. 
Like, what were the signs that the child was displaying? If they had just gotten the help, could this have been avoided? And this movie, you know, being a viewer, you know what that something bad's going to happen. So it's hard to sit here and watch it and just watch the father brush it off because that's really what was going on here is this mother who, like you said, Tequila, this bohemian free spirit life. The movie opened up with her doing that, that tomato festival is it in Spain. Um, and you see just that carefree life, even though the red was like a juxtaposition against the blood and the horrors of what's going to come. Like red was something that was used throughout the movie. Um, but here it's about her free spirit and happy life. But you slowly see like her love of life and freedoms being taken away. One was, was she really even ready to have a child? It didn't seem like it. She didn't seem to want to be a mother. So that was a problem in and of itself. Then the father's like, hey, for our child, we should move to suburbia. Let's get rid of this life you love living in the city and move here. And she didn't want to, but she did. And then these things are happening and she's bringing it up to the father. And he's like, oh, he's just a boy. Everything's fine. The child knows how to play him so well, like play the dad against the mom. Like the times like the father would then hug the kid and the kid then looks at his mom and scowls at her. And I'm just like, oh, this kid is evil. But again, it's as the audience, we're able to pick up these signs. And it's like, if only people could do that in real life easily and be open and willing to talk about it, then maybe we could avoid some of these tragedies from happening. Um, so anyways, as a movie, I think it's an important movie for some people to watch. Um, but then again, I wouldn't want it to lead into every little child that's having a bad day is now being looked at as like, oh, are they a sociopath? Are they going to go kill somebody? Um, but uh, <clears throat> that's a dangerous kind of path that could lead down to. But I still think it's a good movie for people to watch. It's a very tough movie for people to get through, I would think. And we'll hear what people on here think about that. Um, but overall, as a movie, as a story, I thought it was a good story. I did like that it wasn't following an act one, here's what happened at birth, act two, you know, childhood, act three, his teenagers, act four, this tragedy, and act five, like this aftermath kind of stuff. I liked that it went back and forth and explained stuff along the way. It kept it more interesting versus if it went in that linear kind of a style, I think it might have just gotten boring and been like any other kind of movie, like a bad seed child, like the omen and um, orphan and those types of things. Uh, so yeah, so overall, I enjoyed the story. Um, I think it's an important topic that <laughs> I hate to say it, we need to talk about and people need to be more open talking about this kind of stuff. So I'll leave it there for now. Thank you, Fahad. That was uh, good, good thoughts about the movie. And uh, I guess my next to my queue is Eric. Ah, okay. Uh, I agree with everything Fahad said. Uh, the I kind of thought it was going to be a, a movie sort of like, a, not Orphan necessarily, but you mentioned another movie, I forget what it Omen. was. Uh, Omen, okay, maybe, but there's also, there's a lot of movies like this, like Joshua, where parents have this kid and they want to believe the best of the kid and they think, well, maybe the problem's me and other people say the problem's them. <laughs> but, but you, of course, as the audience know that that's not the case. Uh, but, uh, as soon as it started, I was like, oh, this is taking a different structural uh, path. And I found that very interesting. A lot of times the movies that do that, I, I get a little annoyed because it almost seems, um, I don't know, like they're being purposefully convoluted, uh, because they think that the, that technique, it makes for more interesting movie, you know, cinematically, or it makes them look more impressive as a director or whatever. But 
as the movie, like even with the first scene, I think I realized what they were trying to do, which was to sort of, we basically saw the whole movie like from inside her head, which at the, at the end of the movie is a jumble of these experiences and memories that she is struggling every single day to make sense of. The life she once had, uh, the, li the life with her family, with her son, what is now happening to her afterwards. And so it's very associative. So I love the way, you know, she's having that dream about one of her last happiest moments um, at the festival. Uh, and, and she's, you know, seeing a lot of red. And then when she wakes up, it's the red uh, on her window with the light shining through it. And you, and I'm sure we all have that experience where we were dreaming about something because something was happening externally that was affecting us and, and it got into our dream and we woke up and we're like, oh, <laughs> that's so strange. And the same thing was happening to her. And it's like everything in her life has tainted everything else. And so every time they would go back in time to show something else or, or they used a, a very strange like visual uh, method to, to show what was going on in, in the scene, it made a lot of sense. It was like, this is the emotion behind it. This is how confusing it feels or disjointed. This is how, yeah, she's feeling about everything. And I really, really enjoyed that. So I think it was a hard movie to watch mainly because it was so hard to deal with Kevin, which is good because I'm sure the whole movie, you know, the character, the whole movie is thinking I should love this kid, but I do not. <laughs> And, uh, and I think it would be different if the movie was about the, the dad who saw what the kid was really like and the mother who didn't, because if the dad said something, some, somebody would believe him. But everyone feels like, you know, oh, you're a mother and you don't love your child. You know, they, everyone seems to think that the mother should be a completely unconditional cheerleader, no matter what their kid is like. And that's just not fair. And she's certainly not the kind of woman who would do that. Uh, so it was also, I thought the movie was interesting because it, it's asking us a lot of questions as an audience. How do we feel about this? What do we think is really going on? It, like one of the questions it keeps asking us is, is, uh, is his behavior due to something the parents have done? Like, is it their fault in some way? Um, there's a scene where uh, he's, you know, still in diapers and he's playing video games with his dad and he's just screaming, die, die, die. And you can tell, you, we don't see the video game, but it's a violent video game. And that's something people have raised a million times with, violent children or bad children is it's the video games are you know <laughs> rotting their brains and turning them into to maniacs but i think that we can see from watching the entire movie or at least this was my feeling is that he was evil from birth like it, it wasn't like a lack of mother's love it wasn't i mean he had every privilege in life it wasn't any of these other factors he was like that from the very beginning and there's we have no reason we really don't ever get an explanation for why uh, well he seemed to treat everyone sort of in a, in a disaffected way, but he would pretend with his father, for instance, but it's, it seemed like he made a specific target out of his mother for some reason, whatever it was. It was her that specifically he wanted to hurt. And it almost seemed like at the end that he planned it so that she would be the only survivor because he knew that that would be greater pain for her than just killing her because he didn't like her. <laughs> um, so, okay, I don't want to rattle on and on, but uh, like Fahad said, um, and like Takiya said, there's a lot more to say about this, but, uh, but I there can stop. There is a lot, yeah. <laughs> I want to mention about, you, you said about the, the imagery, Eric, about they, they did a good job with that, with the, um, especially you see the your beginning from the tomato sauce to the blood, or to the paint. So, yeah, I like 
so there's more examples too but i think someone where they were but yeah i like that part about that yeah and then the fact that, that she um he didn't harm her at the end but that was the point the ultimate i guess portrayal of his hate toward her like this was the it was basically going to hurt her have her feel pain forever as how he felt since from her since birth and i thought that was really fascinating part of the movie in a sad sort of twisted way so i just wanted to put that in before i go on to the next person yeah so like i said a lot more to say about it but we'll go into ruth you're next to my cue so you go ahead okay so um yeah so for me too when i started off i saw how yeah how much of a free spirit the mom was and stuff like that and then so how happy she was i felt like before she had her kid um so it seems like kind of like they were gonna have kind of um her and her husband were gonna have you know they got together and then ended up probably kind of a surprise having their son um and so i felt like she seemed pretty unhappy after that but if something in that case if they could have planned it to where it didn't happen, I wonder if she would have kind of gone in a completely different way, I guess you could say. Um, and then maybe plan more, she could be happy. So, um, because obviously the son to me have, has lot, had lots of issues and I think he could kind of tell how, I guess, you know, um, with a lot of postpartum, like, you know, um, after the child, but then, yeah, always finding a reason um for some reason really not to to like her but trying to i don't know if y'all have certain reasons also what could be the main reason he tries to point her out but only really kind of wants her to console him just a couple times when he's not feeling good um i think he's just evil yeah i think so too that's part that's part of a sociopathic psychopathic thing there's no he couldn't even explain in his in his sociopathic state, why targeted her for hate and not his dad, so. Well, I think it goes to what Eric, you had mentioned about, yes, you know, he's, could make, is he born evil, like issue stuff, but also is part of it the parents' fault as well? Because there were things I think that were happening where like, I think the mom said, even in front of him and like hearing distance, like that, like about her either not loving her child or she's upset that she had a child, like, there are certain things I think that are being said or put out there that also makes him feel unwanted. And maybe well, there's a back and forth kind of buildup. And then the way the father coddles him and lets him get away or plays into it makes it worse too. Um, you know, like when he destroyed the mom's office and the father's like, you know, he's just a child. And um, he you know that's not what he did. And, and he said, oh, and he, he's sorry about it. Obviously he wasn't sorry about it, but so I think yeah. the father was too lenient and too coddly and let the child do these things. But the mother, I think, she didn't like him. She didn't want him. She didn't like him. Yeah, and she but broke not. his arm. Oh, yeah, and then but not liking your child, though. Uh, well, she tried to pretend, like she tried to play the part anyway. She wasn't like outwardly vicious to him or anything. Like that. I agree with Eric so, on that one. So I don't think that even if she, if uh, even but if she, she threw him she down to... and then she screamed at him, she was trying to get him to talk and she screamed at him like she just did not like him and it came across like I found her I know it's not my turn to talk but I hated that woman I thought she was terrible like she did a great job acting I'm not talking about her acting I'm talking about her as a woman as a mom she was awful and she didn't want him as her child I sympathized with her (laughs) I kind of did too because I mean I feel like she was trying you know Probably, I agree, Shelly, where, where she didn't initially want, she didn't just plan on having a child, I guess, right away. And then 
But then he was different. He wasn't following the cues of, and, and the norms of like a typical child. So that made her, that frustrated her even more. So now she's dealing with that along with struggling already to be this kind of, being a mom, you know, I mean, getting, yeah. out, getting out of her free spirited ways. And so I, I feel like his weirdness, when we find out later, sociopathic stuff added on to her frustration. You know, yeah, he's, not, he's not like a typical kid who's yeah. like, just throwing a tantrum and the mother's not handling it well. Exactly. Yeah. He was yeah like, but, but when you he have could kids. talk, he could use the bathroom. He just refused to because she wanted him to. Yeah. And like, so like, so she's, and she knew that, I think she knew she was like, I, she, it's something, I think that's a thread in this movie is that there are a lot of things she knew about Kevin, but she couldn't say them because first of all, her husband would be like, what are you talking about? You, you have, mm-hmm. what's wrong with you? It's like, but they're true. So like she could, she could scream like, I know you can talk, just talk. Mm-hmm. But because but, she knows okay, but, he's not doing it on purpose. <laughs> I don't but, know. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, to all, all seven I've of worked them. with kids with all sorts of disabilities on all the spectrum and kids with emotional disturbance, behavioral disorders and everything that she did was just wrong. And why did she not get him help? There exactly. Are so That's many what things. I was, yeah. Why did she not put him in? It should have been a huge red flag. And I'm sorry, a pediatrician, if you went and said my six-year-old or seven-year-old is still wearing diapers and um, See, they would. And the doctor didn't support her and her husband didn't but then, support But then you keep going to different people. You keep fighting because, but, but I didn't believe she, that because just knowing about child development and a pediatrician they would say that's a huge red flag. If there's no cognitive or physical reason why the child wasn't um, potty trained, then that would be a red flag to them. And you got a point there too, Shelly. I was wondering why she, she didn't take him there more. But I think, like I said, maybe, maybe she just thought that, you know, I don't know. That maybe she, and did I Kevin like go to school because... when he was little? Because that would be another thing. If you're in kindergarten and not potty trained, and there's no reason why, then oh, it, that would be point. another thing. They'd be like, why? So I just found that. I felt that the reason she wouldn't, uh, I don't think he was quite that old for school yet. I, it was hard to tell like what age he was then, but I thought like, uh, he's probably like three or four, which is way oh, too well, late. Then that, diapers, but then, okay, but well, still well. early enough that, you know, but but I, I felt that if, that there was the reason she wouldn't like keep going to more doctors is she was very cognizant of the fact that she was, going to be looked on as the crazy mother who doesn't That's love her what, child enough yeah but because her husband keeps saying there's nothing what, what's wrong with you there's nothing wrong with him and she keeps trying to be like very nicely say but you know do you not see the things that are happening and if she went to like 10 doctors to try to find one that would would finally say oh you absolutely have a cause for concern we'll get him into some therapy we'll do some tests um she should do that i think she should go to 10 yeah. I mean, because yeah, I mean, I she doesn't want to be looked at as being the crazy mom, but uh, it's more like put your pride to the side because guess what? Your son does need that help because look what happened 10 yeah. years later. But she wasn't getting support at home for that. I, well, I, that's why I keep on saying I don't like the father. He was- Yeah, I think either. he's the second villain in this story. And, and he's- Oh, the- I thought she was the second villain. I couldn't stand her. I'm sorry. She was terrible. She made me so angry, especially when her baby was crying and crying. I mean, just from the start. She just every <laughs> she was just dis, just disconnected and he like did not want to be a mom and it was he didn't want to be a mom at all. Be all yeah and I think it was rooted in the fact that she didn't want to be a mom this isn't the lifestyle she wanted yeah like, and every like, decision father, like she she didn't want to move into a house to have a yard like she didn't want to give up her life um 
for to have her child. Yeah, like I just think I think to have babies they don't want. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's not get into. <laughs> Yeah, it's not going to make me happy either because you want you just murder them. So because she didn't want him to be there, like because his behavior was so bad, she should not have just killed. She shouldn't kill him. I didn't say kill the child that's already been born. No. (laughs) What I was saying, though, is that I again, that's why I feel like the father is more of the he's the one who if he wanted the child so bad, he wanted to live. He should have taken up more responsibility and and the child care because she had her career, too. But it was like she had to give it up. Why was she the one that had to give it up? If she's the one who didn't want the child, he wanted the child. She didn't want to live in suburbia. He wanted to live in suburbia. Why did she have to give up every aspect of her life while he still got to go out and do his thing, come back to love on his child for an hour before he goes to bed and not be the bad guy? Um, So I think a lot of it is the circumstance that she was put in that turned her into the feeling the way she did. She resented the child. She should resent the husband more and be more mad at the husband. But she did resent the child because the child is what, yeah. I guess, in her mind caused this issue. And I feel like we need to talk about the husband. Yeah. And add in his already his psychopathic stuff going on. And that, that's just like, you know. It's, yeah, it's a different situation than just uh, she didn't want the kid. Yeah, yeah. She, I, I well, honestly and think in the beginning, tried, though, in the beginning, she didn't want work. babies cry. And she seemed to, and like that, that wasn't a, when she was, when the kid was a baby, she was still. I don't want this kid kind of a thing. And oh my God, this kid won't stop crying. That's all babies. Yeah. Um, well, some babies are a lot worse. Like I was- They are, but not like- Some are. babies are a lot worse. All but, the time. But they- I, um, It's hard. <clears throat> some babies don't behave that way. They're, they're much more easy to handle. But it, from what are. they showed us in the movie, the kid was just well, never the thing. happy it's, when she we're was also, Yeah, we're also going off of what- they showed us in the movie yeah. we don't know was he like that 24 7 i Did- thought it was weird that he would cry. babies don't know they, they don't know like basic things like like, like like the cues of like you know right. what i'm sorry what made him cry around her almost manipulatively but just be nice around the dad i'm sorry, i mean him and, and as a baby how would he know to do that the baby you know, I'm, I'm just thinking in terms of like you know i know it's a movie but but it was wasn't that weird to you it, it wouldn't it wouldn't so that would be well i mean uh, unless he picked up on the cues that she didn't that like him because some babies yeah. will cry and cry if someone's holding them and then the mom yeah. the back and the baby stops so yeah. it could yeah. be like on discomfort he knew i mean just sense but it is so weird because yeah. he, 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 he carried that that whole thing into the childhood where he hated her <clears throat> so like it looked like it almost looked like it started from empathy and then carried into you know well, then he just became manipulative. Yeah. Like when yeah. he wanted this story, he looked when the de- when they were reading Robin Hood, and um, he wanted the dad to go away. Like he yeah. knew, I don't know. He's just manipulative. It, it almost yeah. seemed at times, uh, especially when he was younger, like those stories. If you've heard them, you I think you have Shelley on Ashley Flowers about kids who are born with the souls of dead adults inside them until oh. they're like years old. Wow. They know all the facts of, of this person's life and they say things that sound like far too adult. And you're like, this is a little bit unsettling, you know, uh, yeah. it's uncanny. It, 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 at times, like he would look at her with the with these eyes that didn't look like the eyes of a child. They look like the eyes of an adult that wanted to hurt her. 
And like when she's like, let's practice counting. What comes after seven? And the kid goes from one, like counts from 31. one. Right then. And it's like, oh. I thought that kid was extremely smart, which is interesting. I wonder, is that a thing with not all, but maybe a lot of uh, psychopaths or sociopaths? And I do hear a lot, not, not all, but I wonder a lot of them are super smart like that. Because he, the things he was doing, even lying and being able to lie at age four or five, I mean, I don't know what you guys think about that. Everything seemed a high order. Even even when the pediatrician checked him because he wasn't talking, he was like, nothing's wrong with him. You know, like you knew, you found out then maybe he was being selectively silent, not pushing the ball toward things like that. Even like then as a, as a like maybe he, he's, a, you know, very high IQ, but with some mental, disorder, at, mental disorder, you know? You have to look at studies, but yeah. Um, just from empirical evidence, I, I think it is true that um, people with some of these um, personality types that lead to psychopathy or sociopathy, yeah. they do have a higher intelligence um, with a lack of empathy and emotion. Yes, and, I and there's saw a, that. There's a, there's a theory out there that I subscribe to a little bit that emotion actually impedes intelligence. And so if you have even less of it, there's like nothing in your way of learning stuff. But I mean, the movie was at the very least just trying to show to us that this wasn't a kid that j j just was developing late and couldn't do things or was, you know, a special case. It, he actually could do it. Like he, he, you know, she's trying to get him to say numbers and he just keeps saying random numbers. And then in a you know fit of rage, he just, he starts counting from one and goes, you know, all the way up into the double digits, proving that he absolutely knows yeah, how, what his numbers are, the, you know, the order, he just does not want to give her what she wants, no matter yeah. what. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he, 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 he knew a lot more than he came up. He, he might have been like, he might have been a smart to skip a couple of grades or something like that. You never know. He could be a genius or something, but this kind of his personality disorder prevented him from, lit, from you know, flourishing in that area because he was, you know, had violent thoughts and tendencies and stuff like that. And, you know, he's not, uh, he's not that smart, though. And the reason I say that is, do you know that scene at the very end where I think what they're talking about is that he's about to graduate from the juvenile detention to actual adult prison because he's going to turn 18. Mm -hmm. And she asks him why. And he says, it made a lot of sense then, but honestly now, I don't know. I think it's because he knew what it would get him at the time. And he thought in an abstract sense, I can deal with like going to prison and the notoriety and all that jazz. But after having been in the system for years already, he, he now only now was he thinking to himself, maybe that's not what I wanted out of this. It doesn't mean that like he's grown a conscience or he cares about what yeah. he did. He's just now regretting what he did to himself because he thought that it would be different than it was. I want to know one more thing before, before you, you, you tell your thoughts, Shelly. Um, you guys see the transition when he the, at the end when he was kind of like a, a scared little boy. His demeanor had changed versus earlier on when he was like cunning and like you know talking about so, something he mentioned about people in TV or something like that. But he was, you know, you see his de demeanor was that of like some other words I'm looking for in addition to cunning. But then at the end he was like scared, like oh my god, you know what happens to people in prisons when she's mentioned you can go to big boy school in the adult prison. He was scared like for the first time ever. You didn't see that that like that salty, what, what's the word where you're salty, you're, you know, you're, you're, you think you're all that in a bag of chips. What, what is that? Like it's- Arrogant? Yes, thank you. That is, <laughs> <laughs> I have all these things, you have to think you have things in your mind, you don't say these words, you can't think of words. Anyway, 
Yeah, he didn't have that cocky air, the cocky manipulative evil arrogance he had like he was earlier on. He had, you know, his he had all his hair, and now his head shaved. He's, he he looked like he was terrified, petrified, and you know, yeah. So I was kind of bothered by that ending because I see what, now what you're saying, Takia, but I kind of wanted him to say to her, "It was because of you. I did it to hurt you." Like me that, too, because she said, "Why did you do?" I wanted me- him to say. Me too. I mean, I felt like he would have been angry and say, I did it because of you, the way you treated me or like whatever. I wish he would have given that like, I think I he would never, yeah. with the personality that they showed us in the movie, uh, his personality that they showed us in the movie, I don't think he would ever admit to her that she mattered enough to him that he would do all that to, it might be true, but I don't think he would ever say it to her. Really? Then he's admitting like, I care enough about hurting you that, and he doesn't want her to think he cares about anything. <laughs> It's almost worse for her not to have an answer. Uh, yeah. Um, then it makes her think like, what the heck I done to prevent this if he doesn't yeah. even remember or know why he did all this. But then again, that was the first time that could have been done to prevent this. But that was the first time he showed true emotion too at the end. That he realized, oh crap, this I, I'm <laughs> and ruined my life. Yeah. I know yeah. Going, to, going back to like her as a parent, her how she raised him. <laughs> maybe she learned from it and right because the daughter seemed fine and she seemed to have a great relationship with the daughter yeah uh, so either at that point she'd just been so broken down by kevin that she was like i need to do it the exact opposite with her or she's more open to the idea of family parenthood or it's it was just kevin. well she kind of has it because she didn't tell the husband right away when she was pregnant that she was pregnant what was up with that it was almost well, like i think that she was considering she knew that he didn't want a second kid, but she desperately needed the second kid because she just wanted some actual love in the house. Besides, Ke- this is why I don't blame her. And I think it's it's all Kevin, no matter how she felt about him when, when she was pregnant that first time, because she just wanted, cause she's very, she take, took very good, good care of the daughter, you know, to, to have that connection with the child. She she felt like she had robbed of that the, her, the entire time with Kevin, like she, he never connected with her. She almost got it and see how happy she was when he was sick and she was reading him a story. But it turned out he was just using her because he felt really bad. She could also see, it also kind of gave a glimpse into too of, of how, I guess like a normal, non-sociopathic child, you know, how her, her daughter was just a normal child. So I think being, like, I guess like, like you said, being able to experience kind of a, a, somewhat a normal child and a normal life with her, you know, that was, yeah. That poor girl, I felt the worst for her out of the whole family. Yeah. yeah. Did they ever explain how she lost the eye? It, I mean, was, the, I know. it was the Drano thing that she um, came up. When she poured the Drano into the sink because the hamster or whatever was in there. Um, so she left, she blocked the Drano away, but they they alluded to the fact that Kevin took it back out. Yeah. So she must have been playing with it and the chemicals. Oh, so I didn't that's what it. I was confused by. I was trying to imagine, like, did she? Are, are I they thought maybe to- he shot her with the arrow because yeah. <laughs> they said, oh, he was in charge. Uh, I'm, you know, you were in charge. Why did they leave him and her alone in charge? Why did they? That bothered me. Yeah, if that was only he was born. I was like, I wouldn't want to be a small child in the house with that kid. He no, was- especially yeah. the way that he talked to her in front of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just I think that's what bo- bothered me. The mo- like they. And the dad saw that too. Why did they not get this child help? Why did they not get they him? They needed to get him help. He needed psychiatric yeah. help. Like inpatient, 
intensive. The father, the father kept saying, "There's nothing wrong with him. There's something wrong with you." Uh, that's that's but why they was, didn't, didn't that's do why it. That's why the father was saying, "We've got to talk about the debt." Like he exactly. needed to. <laughs> He was awful. I, I actually was not upset that he died. When I saw him <laughs> yeah. there in the yard with the arrow, I was like, good. That's But then they came over and they showed the daughter. And that was I so know. I know. I know. Come on. Yeah, I got what and before that reveal throughout, I was kind of wondering like, oh gosh, did their marriage get so bad that he won custody of the daughter? And that's, that's what I was around. thinking too. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. an interesting thought. I knew why when I first saw a movie with, with, with Homer, Year, a couple years ago while we were living in Sterling, I, I knew something had happened sinister, but it's interesting how what you guys said that you thought you just walked out. Yeah, the I didn't think that he killed the father. The way that they showed his relationship with his dad, I didn't yeah. think that he killed the dad. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I didn't know fully about the sister, but I assume that the dad got custody this- and she yeah. went because off the rails then- after the tragedy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sorry, let me give you a chance to, 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 do, yeah. to, to do your thing. Go ahead. So I was just, I think I've said lots of things that I was going to say. Um, I wasn't crazy about the time jumping. I kind of got used to it and then I understood it, but sometimes I got confused, like trying to figure out what was happening. I wanted to know what was happening. Um, And they made her haircut different in each time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. (laughs) Well, Shelly, I I wonder, because I know whenever we see movies, you know, you you like wanting to know what happened before yeah. and what happened after. But in this one, I do when they do the time jumps and stuff. I feel like I want to see more of whatever they're in, but then they jump back to another. Yeah, thing. I exactly. wonder if maybe that irk you because I'm. Yeah. Yes, I like to. I like a lot of um, backstory, but yeah. um, so I really did not like the mom. I just did not like her. I I just thought everything that you're doing is wrong, lady. <laughs> just like could you stop and I didn't like the dad either I thought he was terrible so it was just I I enjoyed the movie I thought it was an interesting topic um I like always love to think about nature versus nurture and in Uh this case my I think it's a little bit of both I Uh think that he had some things going on psychologically inside of him but I think that maybe in a different environment he would have done better um, and I just kept getting irritated. I did not understand why they didn't get him help. And I didn't understand why they left him with the daughter. Like she lost, I mean, just, they kept making all these decisions that were terrible, but it was interesting. Also, I, it, I found, I, I always maybe read too much into movies, but I was trying to think, well, it's interesting. They didn't go for a school shooting that they went for a school archery like but Shelly that's why I like I I like I like that it was different but I kept but all I thought was like well when he goes back to reach for the next arrow the kids could have just tackled him oh good point I I think he was high up and that's what it was high up so they weren't able to get up to him I think as fast oh okay and And I I wish they had shown us that whole I want to see that I was trying to picture how he would have done that yeah how many think, arrows did he have with him? You could you could outrun an arrow faster than you can outrun a bullet for sure. If anybody watches Avengers with Hawkeye or the Hunger Games with Katniss, you or or um, Lord of the Rings with Legolas, <laughs> Legolas you know, <laughs> a lot quickly. Just, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I just realized why he used the bow and arrow, which was a strange choice because he could have gotten made a, you know had a lot more damage using guns or something. I think it was just another way to hurt her because the one moment she had with him 
where she felt like they were finally connecting when he was sick, she was reading him Robin Hood. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. And so he decided I'm gonna use that one good memory she has and I'm gonna ruin it. Against her. Also yeah. he had been learning archery and he was an expert in it. That's true. Mm-hmm. Because he had this plan for probably a long time. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you saw in the the foreshadowing with the eyes, which I love that. I love that. They did a good job because I mentioned earlier, what Eric was saying with the imagery, like they were panning in on his eyes. You can see the archery there. Good foreshadowing on what was going to happen. Even though we didn't know, but you knew like something's going on in his mind. He always got things going on. So again, imagery was great in this film. Sorry, every time somebody talks about imagery in movies, this is a side thing. I go back to that show, Haters Back Off. There's a line in there where um, Miranda's sister, Emily, is talking to her mom, Bethany, about art. And she's like, uh, Bethany's like, oh, Emily, what do you like about this? She's like, well, can you see the imagery in here? And Bethany's like, oh, yeah, images are good. Like, (laughs) she doesn't understand what's meant by the imagery is nice, you know? know, In this case... I should add in the word foreshadowing. They, they did good with the imagery and foreshadowing together. So that's one of the things I love with this, with this movie. I felt like it was, it was the way, even the way they, they flash back, I could follow that. It's one of the few movies I could follow where the flashback was on point. I know it confused you, Shelly, like you were saying, but for me, it was, it was spot on. I feel other movies, they had flashbacks. I'm like, what the hell was going on? You know? I didn't feel that way about it, this These one. weren't flashbacks. She was jumping back and forth. Jumping and back yeah. yeah. Back and forth. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> What? Oh, I mean, <laughs> she was going back and forth with, with the different different thoughts and the different you know memories of what yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, I was joking. I, I, was making, I, I was just saying it was actual time travel. No, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I was talking while you were saying that. No, 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 of course it was time travel. But, yeah. but no, I like the, it was easy to follow, at least for me. I mean, you know, I don't know how you guys thought about it, but it was, yeah. Not to me movies do, it, 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 this movie did it well. The other movies, I'm like, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> so. Can I ask, um, so towards the end, I'm curious how you guys interpreted this. Oh, oh, I know you're about to say, Eric. Go ahead. Maybe not, because that sounded very exciting, and I don't think this is exciting. <laughs> but you see that in her new home, she's actually rebuilding his room. Thank you. Okay. And and I thought while it was happening, I was like, oh, he's getting out of prison soon, and she's actually going to invite him back into her house, like she has to take back custody. But then it turned out that he's not getting out, and I didn't understand. Like, so was there another psychological reason that she might be? doing that does it make her feel better i don't know i don't know why it would make her feel better but i thought i wondered if you guys yeah eric that was the next thing i was gonna mention what was up with that like like i was yeah and so many ways like i guess what are you guys interpretations of that i thought he was getting out too i first saw the movie i thought he was getting out too and i was like he was gonna be on home arrest or something because yeah but why would she want a memory happened but but why would she want any memory of him i mean i know he's her well, son obviously all, she want, i mean she goes and visits him all the time so it's not like she's trying to block him out from her life but why that particular memory of of him in the room after everything she went through in that room but no other memory of like you know they, I, I don't know if i'm, if I'm maybe it's just why. like blissfully like living this life where she's just imagining like you know she's lost everything so maybe but why is that the, like the emory in this the, world that she's going to build in her mind now Kevin is fine and he's out doing stuff, but he'll be back home soon in the room. But I feel like she'd recreate the daughter's room if that's what she wanted. That's what I'm thinking. Why his room? Everything so requires so much pain. Maybe it's part of her effort to try to understand like where it could have gone wrong, like what could have happened differently, or like, or to pretend that it didn't, that there was still a room there. 
Or yeah, maybe he will like be back soon. Maybe, you know, even though he's going into big boy, big boy school or whatever she called it, maybe he's only going to be there for another year or two. And then it's, it was only like out. another two years. But why would you take him back at all? That's what I'm saying. It's he, like, she probably feels like she failed him. She probably because, you know, mm-hmm. one, just seeing all the trauma she's going through, she's taking it all on herself. Look at the life that she's living. Like when she went to court and they said, like, you know, you're going to lose your house. You're going to do this. And she was willing to fight to get him out or whatever. So I think she's taking it all on herself. Like, this is all my fault. I need to fix it. Maybe she thinks that if he comes with her, she can somehow fix him. So when I was when I was watching this, um, it made me think of this um, true crime story that I'd heard on. a, And I was curious. I mean, it's very loosely kind of related to this but I didn't know if maybe they somehow read that this story and like based the movie off of it so there was this this boy um 13 year old boy and he lived with his mom and his four-year-old sister and this first I can't remember the reasoning this kid was furious at his mother and kept fighting with her and I forget the reason that the relationship went bad well one night the um mom had to work and she left the kids home with a babysitter and the four-year-old girl. And after the four-year-old girl fell asleep, the um, the kid, the 13-year-old, con- uh, convinced the babysitter to leave. And he ends up murdering his four-year-old sister in order to get back at his mother because he was so angry at his mother. See, he loved his little sister, but he was so angry at her. He killed um, the sister. He really to- loved her, though. Gosh. Or just called it love? Because I'm sorry, if you actually love. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> as childlike. I mean, it's child, so his brain's not fully developed yeah. He's in, in his mind. I was um, raising kids. Thir- not exactly raising. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Your brain isn't fully developed till you're 25. I mean, your frontal lobe and all of that. I'm but just you saying know, that, you know that. Okay, well, I'm not going to argue about whether he loves his sister or not. I'm just okay, saying I'm sorry. that I'm he sick. cared about the sister. That finish, and murdered finish. her to okay. get back uh, the dad. I mean, at the mom. Okay. Um, and then this mother, she, you know, was torn apart by it, but she did end up, this is what made me think of it. She ended up, she still visits him in prison. And I guess because there was that Supreme Court ruling that you can't um, find a, or sentence a child to life in prison. I mean, sentence a juvenile to life in prison Um if for a crime they commit as a juvenile. So anyway, he'll end up getting out of prison, but she's still afraid of him. So she's talked about like, she's not going to live in like not let him know where she lives. So when he gets out, I mean, it's just, it made me think of that. So she was visiting, she went back and visited just like this mom in the movie went back and um, visits him. Just yeah, with, if, with if I were this mom, not the, in the story, the Kevin's mom in this movie, I would be terrified if Kevin was released. Yeah, living yeah. under my roof, I'd be. I I would know. <laughs> was this uh, this movie was made in twenty eleven? Was this case prior twenty eleven? I think so. I'd have to look right. it up. I can't. I I believe so, but um, otherwise, I say like two thousand eight. Okay, but otherwise, and I can see how that would they, they might tie it in. Maybe not have. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Well, just like you know how they you know, could give you an idea. Yeah. What's ironic with this movie is we need to talk about Kevin, but these days we need to talk about Ezra Miller. He's had (laughs) a lot of issues. And, you know, I was, I was thinking that I bet they thought, uh, oh, this is perfect casting. We found a kid who can play this part. And then I was like, what if it was the other way around? Like you found a person that was like Kevin and he's just being himself. (laughs) 
because years later it seems <laughs> he also has a, some issues with these these things he's you know attacked people on the street for no reason and yeah, I didn't read a lot about his case. Apparently, he's he's kind of off too in real life. Apparently, Ezra Miller. Yeah, he's had a lot of different issues. Interesting. He's like, like Eric said, beaten up people at bars multiple oh weekends. My God. Mm, like this one girl who was a fan. There's a video who went up to him to like get something in in the video. He pushes her down onto the ground. He tries wow. to. Stop her, right? And then there's weird. There's like the weird news about like him grooming young girls. Like oh invited yeah. like this girl and the mother to live with him on a farm, or it was all this weird stuff. Because so like, he's the Flash in the DC movies, oh. like the Justice League movies, and Warner Brothers has such a huge issue trying right now trying to decide how do they want to move forward with Ezra Miller because they're they made a Flash movie and they're trying to decide do we still release the movie? Do we not release it? Do we release it but not really promote Ezra Miller who's the star? Or do we release it with some kind of a disclaimer in the beginning? Like it's caused this huge issue. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a waste of talent. Like, you know, you know ruining, ruining his career pretty much with all that. And so he seems like such a, you know, I mean, I, 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 he, he killed it in this movie. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't know if I've seen a lot of other Interesting things. Interesting choice of words, but yes. Well, well yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, I mean, even though those facial expressions, man, he gave me the, he gave me the willies. Just, but, just but what if he wasn't acting? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know. Now I, I thought the little boy did it. But he's playing Gary Allen. Yeah. I love the boy, man. De he had scowl on his face. Everything. I mean, he was just the, this epitome of, of Damien Omen. Like, uh, yeah, he 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 killed it too. Well, clearly. Yeah. Progression <laughs> of actors that all looks like they really would be like like they really were the boy growing up. <laughs> did you all notice? Where it's like, That's not the kid. Did you all notice in the mom's office, you know how he like ruined it by throwing all the paint and all of it on the walls that years later, once she has the daughter and he's now a noticed, or whatever, yeah. the office is still the exact same. She never, yeah. she never fixed it. Fix why it. fix it? He would just go ruin it again. Did you also notice why does um, Kevin, he wears the same t-shirts he did oh, as a little kid and he never gets new shirts. Like I always don't... leaves like that much of his belly exposed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like the same shirts that he wore as a little kid. Yeah. I even noticed it in the portraits on the wall. He's got a portrait and he's wearing a, that shirt that just rides up and is exposing that much of the belly. I was yeah, like, you think in the portrait, they'd be like, pull your shirt down, Kevin. It's I made a note that he kept wearing little boy clothes even as he got older, but also still making like uh, strawberry jam and white bread sandwiches. He was like, he's still living as like a 10 year old. Yeah. But I don't know what the psychology was supposed to be there. Like he was, was he doing that as well to piss his mom off? Or, or, or was he literally like deciding he didn't want to grow up? He didn't want to be mature? I uh, actually, wait, or did he have psychological issues where he like sensory issues where he couldn't wear different shirts? Like they all had to feel the same and the, or, and the food, like they had to. I, I had different, to be the same I, I, or else he wouldn't. I had a different opinion about that. I just thought, I've seen some guys every now and then like, oh, you know, I sub now and I see some guys with, with little shirts like, like that. They were like skater guys. I thought it was a style. Well, I, have a, I have a different opinion about it. I just thought it was a, his kind of style type thing. I didn't know it had anything to do with his psychosis or anything like that, you know? That was, that's my, you know, so. I've seen some emo, not emo, but like those skater guys like, like, like that here and there while, you know, in the course of being, you know, subbing in high school and stuff like that, so. I don't know. Um, one thing is, and going back to like Shelly, how you kept yeah. saying like 
he needed psychiatric help. Like, why didn't they get him the help? I don't it's get that. It's crazy that they, I mean, she was living this life where if you saw in one part of the movie, the daughter was saying something like she's going to, or he asked his little sister, do you want to go out to play? Or it's like, and she like screamed, no, like, you know, because the archery stuff, like she didn't trust the daughter to be even outside playing with Kevin. And I'm like, living that kind of a life, then, I mean, to have that kind of fear, why not try to seek help? Because that's unhealthy. Even seek help for just yourself. You go see a psychiatrist. Yeah. yeah. About it. But then it's weird that she reacted that way of like, yet left him alone to babysit her another time. Yeah, that I don't think that up to me, but yeah, maybe a little bit of a plot hole. When did he leave her alone with him? After that point? When yeah, because she got her eye. Which I don't I don't remember if that point or, was after he oh was it after okay I couldn't remember I. well either way she still lives and lives in fear of them being alone together yeah, yeah. Which must seem very like emotionally draining just constantly worried every minute of the day I want to go yeah. back to a scene where uh, you know they're in a restaurant just trying to bond with them there and whatnot and he was you know um, mentioned Parvin mentioned but something about you know you may go up my room and search for drugs and because he was kind of mimicking her of like, okay, you're trying to have this mother-son time with me and all you're going to say is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah. One point she mentioned, he mentioned drugs or something that then she went through his room. Was she trying to find drugs or, or, the, or look through CVR diaries of, of, of twisted things he was talking about? What was, what do you think she was searching for? I think she was searching for anything she could find that okay. drugs or weapons or anything. It would prove to her husband yeah. that there is oh, a okay. And that's how she found computer virus that took down her entire company's computers. Yeah. Which must, it, I mean, that's an impressive virus because she did that at home, I think, but it went through the network yeah. to the rest of the computers for her job. I'm sorry, if you find a CD in your son's room titled Love and you know what kind of a person he is, yeah. that's not <laughs> what right are you that doing? Like, who does he, she's like, oh, who does he love? I can prove to myself that he actually has capability to love somebody. No, he does not. <laughs> There's nobody <laughs> loves on earth except maybe himself. Found it interesting when they went out together and she made the comment about fat people being oh, fat. Yeah. Oh, that was, it, yeah. That and seemed out of character for her, the way that they were portraying her. In oh, yeah, and then, well, and then he said, you're being kind of harsh. Yeah. I just thought that was that was interesting. And then I forget what she said to him, or he learned it from her or something. There were, um, there were yeah. a few, there were a lot of moments throughout the movie where I felt like they were trying to create parallels between the two, basically to say that they're a lot alike, actually. Um, they're not the same person, but that there's actually a lot of similarity in their personality types, which may be another reason he really doesn't like her compared to. Or are they, but yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there was another moment in the same scene where she took him on a date where, you know, they're playing putt-putt first. They only show us the end and it's a very quick scene, but she's like, well, you won. And she kind of stomps off. She kind of resented the fact that he was better <laughs> at the game than her. She did not like that. And she was pissed about it. And he, and you could tell he's quite, you know, he's got a shit eating grin. He's like, yeah, I did. You know, he feels really good lording that over her, well, <laughs> getting it into her, you know, like sticking it to her. To use the word of the day, they also used imagery to portray that by showing like the little kid laying down and all of a sudden it like, kind of turns into her face, like with the way that their hair, like it becomes oh, her. Yeah. And to kind of show that they are very much like the same person in some ways. So I'm yeah. also wondering, because we are seeing it in a way from her point of view, maybe some scenes of him 
are with her are exaggerated because we're seeing it from her point of view. And maybe some of her personality is maybe toned down a bit. Maybe she's a bit worse than we think. And maybe he wasn't as horrible in some case. I'm just thinking through from her point of view, because yeah. that comment about fat people to me seemed very out of character because of what we've seen from her point of view leading up to that. And I was a bit taken aback and I was like, oh, maybe she does say stuff like this or do stuff like this. And that can rub off on a child too. Have you heard mm-hmm. of the unreliable narrator? I'm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just like, thinking that. Yeah, they talk about that in, in fiction stories. Like sometimes, and usually it's made very apparent by the story. Like, you know, you're you're just seeing, you're, you're reading this person's or seeing this person's point of view. Yeah. And it may not be exactly how things happen. But, and, and, it I could, would, and I would say that's a possibility, except we know for a fact that he kills a lot of people at his school at the end. Yes, so. but, right, but, but maybe, <laughs> maybe she had to think of it, think of him that way in order to, to come to the terms with the fact that, that her own son did that. It couldn't be because of anything that I did. It had to be because he's- Well, and the fact that she failed at getting him help. So she tried to make it seem like he wasn't able to be held. Like this is how bad he was. I mean, so. and it, it wouldn't it be a red flag if my kid came had ordered all of these bike locks? Is that what they were? Bike locks? Yeah, bike they locks. were like industrial bike locks. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna sell them at school for a pretty penny. And then the dad's like, Oh, you're a regular Donald Trump. And I, I love it. <laughs> but you mean you mean running a scam? Yeah, he is a regular. Well, Donald Trump. Why, but why? Like that would to me, I would think, why? Yeah. Are, are a lot of kids riding bikes these days like what yeah. why why are you going to be able to sell these like, the that minute that i saw those locks i was like oh i know what that's yeah yeah, yeah. I didn't well, know a lot of it oh good sorry go ahead no i just said i did i didn't know what it was for but i knew it was part of his plan i was like oh he's they think he's doing something nice but he's not oh i figured he was gonna lock doors so yeah. people could get out <laughs> A lot of the school shooting cases in real life, they they had things right underneath their parents' noses, like the Columbine kids. They were, they had arsenals of things. Maybe it wasn't them, but it was one of the cases where parents saw things coming to the house, but they didn't really, it didn't click. They were the the, the son, the sons or whatever would say, oh, this is for this or school project or something like that. That's, That's why the whole community is angry with her throughout this yeah. Because they're like, That's- there's no way you lived with this kid his entire life and did not know and that's what we think every time this happens, right? Like, and, and then we usually find out that they they did know there were signs. There were it was very clear that there was a problem, and nobody did anything to help. Just like in this movie, there were signs, like and we didn't do anything to help. Yeah, and that's why I think this is an important movie for people to watch. It's like, look, people get help. Like, you see red flags. It is not a sign of who you are as a parent to ask so, for help or get help. Yeah. So, do you all think then that parents should be held? accountable like legally when these things happen like should they be charged like there's that case I I think it's in Michigan where that school shooting happened and the parents are charged because um they had a meeting the meeting at school and and they they should have they and they and they uh texted him like just don't please don't get caught looking because he was looking at like bullets or magazines or something at, at like gun magazines like they a, thought it was all school. a big joke and, and i agree that they should have definitely been punished well, maybe it's yeah anything, but well, they definitely are very responsible they're complicit in the whole wasn't thing. it a bit weren't they getting trouble also wasn't it like the father's gun like he was able to get the father's gun like i thought he was no able he, they, they it was his gun the dad took oh. him to buy it okay so i yeah, think I it was think like that's... a christmas present or something um but 
I well, think they all in most of the school more. shooting cases that I'm aware of. Well, not most because that a lot of them they take the parent like it's just an interesting thing to think about. Should the parents be held I think accountable? If the parents bought the gun for the child. Well, they, they bought him the bullet, the not the bullets, the um the archery stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think if the parents give the child something dangerous like that, they are responsible for making the surge of the child is using them properly or safely. But and even if they don't, as a society, aren't we relying on the parents of every child to be responsible for the child? And so if they are not doing their duty and noticing problems and resolving them, then aren't they partly responsible for us ending up with a teenager that murders a bunch of people? I think it can get well, hard now. Like these days, it's so easy to get access to who anything. Who else is going to do that? The parents are supposed to. The parents are supposed to, but in cases where, let's say, there's not really any red flags, let's just say, and the child is able to, because there's so many ways now you can get access to anything through uh, your friend. Your friend can go online and get stuff, even if you're, the parents don't let you get online. Like, there's ways now. So if the child does all this and the parents don't let them get online, don't give them a cell phone, don't buy these things for them, yet somehow goes through a friend to get it. Oh, yeah. I would be curious if there are cases like that. Yeah. I'm not saying there aren't, but I would That's be curious. Like, oh, it's a hard thing, right? There's a lot of gray areas in this. But I think in a lot of these cases where the parents bought the bullets or bought the guns, like they need to take responsibility for how it's then used and be held responsible at a degree for enabling the child or giving this and not putting the right protections in place. They're basically accomplices to every murder. I mean, if I were to buy well, those parents in that case, most definitely in my, if opinion. I were to buy Eric, if I were to buy you a gun and we drove somewhere and you go out and shoot somebody and then come back into my car and we drive off, I think I would get in trouble too. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yes. As adults, I feel like you would. Um, I, I think well, yes, I'm because you drove him there. I'm an accomplice. Because you took me. Yeah. Maybe that, that part of it. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like, but you could all, you could do everything right. You could own a gun and have it locked up and have the bullets locked separately. And your kid, it's just like this other story. This has also made me think about it. I mean, it's just a lot of evil. There was this 10 year old boy recently who wanted a, um, an Oculus mm -hmm. and his mom said no. So he shot and killed her. Mm -hmm. Um, and he ordered it on her Amazon account anyway. Oh my God. But, and, and they That's originally, crazy. he's 10 years old. They didn't mm. charge him. They thought, oh, it, it had to be an accident. Ugh. Well, the mom's sister, I'm probably getting this story wrong. I just read a brief little article about it, but she told the police, she said, no, he said that he did this on purpose. Mm. Um, he said that he shot at her on purpose. Mm. So, um, but she had the gun locked up. Mm. And he got the key off of her key ring, unlocked the gun, and um, was able to shoot her. So it's just, it's so wow. it's very complicated. It I is guess. very like I mean, take guns out of the equation. A child is at a friend's house, takes out a knife from the drawer, and stabs the other kid. Like, do you hold a parent responsible of the for child not supervising them, for not supervising them like what if they're 15 you know like what if they're eating dinner and they do it at the table like you know that's a normal scenario you're in but the child just picks it up and is you know but, but why does the kid think that it's okay to 
physically attack somebody like that. It can't be the first time they've exhibited behavior where they lack any sort of empathy or care for another person's physical well-being outside of their own. It can't be like they were just like like every other kid did every and cared about things and about their friends. And then and then suddenly on this day they were like, I think stabbing this person is the way to resolve my problem. I it's that's why it's such a it's a complicated topic and it's hard like because there's so many different factors at play. Yeah. I do not blame heavy metal or horror movies or the video games. Or video games, no. Yeah, yeah. Because there's too many people that listen to all of those exactly. things. Exactly. I watch horror movies all the time games. as a child. I played um, all the violent. I was obsessed, as you all know, with Mortal Kombat, you know? <laughs> but <laughs> I will say there are some video games that are more realistically These days, especially. Than, there's very hyper-realistic. Um, but... Uh, I, I don't think would cause anyone to do that. It's just like exposing to a young child to yeah. those things maybe can't be the best thing for their brains. It's not. I don't think it, <laughs> but I don't think it causes them or influence. No, I don't think it makes them. There has to be something else going on for them to. Yeah. I agree with that. Something else is going it the way that they are. Yeah. But do you think you can become desensitized to seeing violence? Only seeing fictional violence. For sure, for seeing violent images and stuff. I can see somebody be beheaded in a fake, you know, like in a horror movie with with special effects. Even if it's very realistic special effects, I can see somebody be beheaded a million times. But and you don't I, seek out beheading videos. I would never. I don't think I'm capable of watching a real life video, which are online right now. I could go see them now. I oh don't yeah, can handle it because I, I can tell the difference. Real. That is real. It was done to a real person. But maybe there are some, but again, this is uh, something else going on psychologically. If the kid does not really see the distinction between fiction and reality. And so to him, it's, or her, it's the same situation. But something I was going to say earlier was we kept saying, and I, I even, I said it, I wrote it in my notes. They should have put this kid in therapy from day one, like immediately from childhood. And he should have stayed there until adulthood. And hopefully that would have mitigated things. But I honestly, the movie seems to be saying that that wouldn't have helped because it gives us two, two different scenes where it's kind of telling us that the only, um, that this is a violent child and the only thing he understands is violence. So the only time he ever does what his mother asks him to is when she breaks his arm accidentally. And then he uses the toilet eventually. It's because it was only the threat of violence to his own person that made him decide he should change his behavior. And then at the end of the movie, when um you know he's gotten what he wanted and he's in he's you know in juvenile detention but then he suddenly does look scared and he wants to change what he had done because he now knows he's going to adult prison where he knows violence will be committed against him and it's only what will happen to him that makes him want to be want to change what he did and it's never whether you know what it, how it affected somebody else why do you think he did not tell on his mom like tell the like he lied about what happened because he can use it against her if he keeps that to himself now he holds it over her head forever that was what the gist of that was he what he, he did he see, see how she would they were in the car and she wanted to she basically yeah, like, yeah. manipulate like yeah, what up. i did for you you can't do anything what did he call her he had a weird name for her like mommer mommer oh. mommer yeah yeah, no, that was crazy. She she couldn't even she she was like you know a slave to him after that. Like she couldn't go to the so she had to ask her son. Oh, can I go to can I go to the, can we go to the store for for a second to get this and 
that, that oh, scene was very I mean, bad scene. That was so annoying. Scene. Like so they're like she, towing around the girl, like, don't say anything wrong. Is it okay? Yeah. <laughs> she's had to ask. That me. Asked, I would have been like, we're going to the store. Yeah. I wouldn't have said anything. I would have just driven to the store. I know. Like, like, hey, just, I just need to stop in. I'll be right back. He's five years old. Like, you gotta ask. I would have I would have bargained. Me? I would have bargained with him and said, Well, we're going to the store, but I'll buy you a toy because he probably would have been like, okay. Oh, if I get something out of it, then we can go. <laughs> I don't deserve nothing, but I see what you're saying, though. Yeah, yeah I still think that I, I still hope and think that psychiatric help early on would have helped in some way. It could have at least opened their eyes to the fact that they shouldn't buy him an archery kit. <laughs> you know, well, like, if the psychiatrist, I guess, would would then like reveal some of the conversation to the parents. I don't know if that is that how um, child psychologists child psychiatric care works, because usually with adults, the psychiatrist isn't allowed to say anything to anyone else because of confidentiality. But but in in a child care situation, does the therapist have regular conversations with the parents about let's, what is best? Let's ask Google. Okay. Because in that case, then yeah, he could yes, say, they, okay, they I can. certain things. You should maybe be careful. Don't buy this kid weapons. <laughs> and that would be good. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think, I'm pretty sure he would treat, Kevin would have treated a therapist exactly the way he treated his mother. Manip, you know, with manipulative communication, never giving the answer that they want, always, you know, mocking them or trying to trick them. Yeah. And never being honest about any of it. Um. So Eric, legally speaking, people under the age of 18, do not typically have a right to confidentiality in therapy. However, some therapists ask parents to agree to the therapist's confidentiality rules before they will treat a client. So it becomes a doctor by doctor kind of basis, but they can still tell the parents. Okay. So you got to find the right doctor. <laughs> if you're really concerned. <laughs> they are also, but they, so the therapist is not obligated to tell your parents but they are mandated by law to report any sex suspected sexual abuse. Oh, okay. And I, I assume plans for murder, right? Yeah. They'd have to tell somebody about that. Yes, I think adult therapists have to do that, right? And um, about an intended plan. Uh, yeah, I think I've heard that too. When I, um, when I worked at a, a um, when I did student teaching in a, in, in a locked like a psychiatric hospital for kids, one of the students um, was having ideations that he was wanted to kill me. The therapist had to tell me that he was making threats about my life, like that he wanted was having those thoughts that he wanted to kill me. Wow. Mm. I can see where he's coming from. No kidding. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Hey, he's joking. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> I'll tell you in order of. Are you having murderous thoughts? First and last. No, <laughs> Why did she remain in the neighborhood knowing that they were all going to be hostile to her and, and, and abuse her wherever she goes? Why why, why didn't she move to Timbuktu? I wondered why she didn't just leave the town. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I wondered if it's because she wanted to still be close to where Kevin was being held because she. Oh, yeah. But she could drive in, you know, 30 minutes away and drive 30 minutes to go see him. So she wouldn't be better than being abused by the, by the, the you know, the. The, the parents of the kids that he killed. So I would think that she would want to be away from that and then still drive 30 minutes or so is something reasonable to him. I don't know. That's what that was where my mind the was The house thinking. that they lived in that he bought when they left New York City, that house was huge. 
Yeah. Well, what kind of a castle are they moving? I on? wanted to get back to the uh, something she said about the house while she was coming out down the steps um, with the reporters and all, and, 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 the, and the lawyers. That was interesting. What she's they, they mentioned that she gets the house and some other things, and she was like, "Oh, I hate that house. I hate it from the start." That was kind of what to me that symbolized was that that was the new life she didn't want. She liked she wanted yeah. the old life. So I thought that was really significant. So anyway, that's that was an interesting scene. Well, that house has a lot of bad juju with it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Her husband she said, and daughter were murdered but she, there. Like, but she yeah. said she, she hated it from the start. Though I think she said they, I always hated that house even even before she they. Well, she did it right. It was a yeah. taking her life away from her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was an interesting scene, a powerful scene to me. Yeah, it was all. I'll take that house. I'm sure it was discounted a lot. I'll take it too. (laughs) Could you move into a house where something like that had happened? Not in the backyard. (laughs) I could could not. I don't, as long as a ghost can't open the doors to get inside. In all honesty, I probably would be irked out and not be able to live. I don't think I could. I also wanted to mention, I'm sorry. I want to mention that the parties, the Christmas party scene with the with the guy, which is like oh, that, that, that guy. So <laughs> what was what, what so was he like in in secret, you know, uh, despising her for, for what her son did, but he didn't let on at first. He like he no, really liked think, her. I think he want he felt like she's an easy, yeah, person. Like he can easily yeah. get her because nobody else would want her, and so he was hitting on her because it's like okay, she she has no other options, and when she turned him down, he's like. How dare you? You know, you're nothing. Nobody would want you. But why on earth would he go that go there? She just, she just didn't want to dance. His ego just, was hurt. His ego was crushed. Even the woman that was just mean rate, I, on the lowest rung of the ladder that nobody wants still turned him down. That's but, crushed yeah. Ego. But, I don't know. Just turning someone I'm not down. justifying it. I'm going by the toxic oh, perspective that this man had. It was just interesting. It's like she she turned him down very nicely. Like hey, I just want to sit here, maybe like opening almost like this is me sit here and chat. I just want to kind of. Yeah, sit, it's chill. the behavior you see like in other shows or movies. That's crazy. Where, like a guy hits on a girl and she's like, no, he's like, well, you're ugly anyways, and walks away. It's like <laughs> yeah, that was obviously you don't think she was ugly because you were hitting on her. Oh, yeah. that was crazy. But anyway, was- yeah, yeah. She just <laughs> had an. I mean, it just it. He got her. He ruined her life completely. Yeah, yeah. It it seems exhausting. What's very interesting, though, based off of other movies we've seen, a lot of people in that position would consider suicide as a way out because everything in her life was taken. Her daughter was murdered. She's yeah. her son is an evil monster. Like I, and obviously uh, I don't justify suicide, but I'm surprised that she did not go down that route or those thoughts. Maybe they didn't show it to us. But the way that she lives her life is not living a life. And I was interested in why maybe she wasn't going that route. Maybe she yeah. just in her mind still thought she has a chance to save him. And it was cra- it's crazy too that yeah. she, 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 they had actually just get back, got back together, which made it even worse, even more like just damaging. You see that the scene that they were in the bed together and embracing right before the day before they, they, the son committed the yeah. murder and everything. So oh, that's yeah. even, yeah. So that was, you know, like you said, Fahad, what 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 makes someone continue with life instead of killing themselves? Yeah, you know, like it, it, that's you know all that all that weighing on yeah. her. And yeah. not move about- away. I would move far, far away. But that's what I was saying. Like, why didn't she? Why didn't she just move? A, you know, at least out of that neighborhood. Someone and they didn't come in. Come you just to see her can't son. give up on him. I think that's what it comes down to. Because we've talked about in uh, 
our previous podcast about with the suicide stuff, like, why would you go that route? You can always have one more day, one more day, another right. day and do good things. But she was not doing any good things on any of those days. No. Um, and yeah, the hiding from people in the, in the grocery store, walking down the street and being smacked in the face, like, uh, and that uh. the in the grocery store was very, that was, that gave me chills when the, um, she was avoiding that woman. And then they flash back to her running through to the school crowd and yes. kind of looks at that woman is like, what happened? The woman's like, I don't know. And it's like, well, we know what happened to that woman's child. Like it's, yeah. it's well, even the same thing when the, the boy in a wheelchair came up to her. I mean, all, oh, all yeah. that. And, and then they, they showed each scene where they were coming, where they had the arrows, when they were stuck with the arrows and coming yeah. out of there on the stretcher. Like that was very good. sweet of that boy though, to go and just say, how are you doing? Yeah. 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 Much nicer than I would be. Mm. <laughs> But he wasn't blaming her. He probably yeah. Kevin. Yeah. yeah. I I had to say I love. I knew this movie would generate a good amount of discussion, and that's why I I commented. I, I like that that it did. There's a lot of a lot of things, but issues going on in here, and, and it generate amazing discussions. I really enjoyed that. That we while other movies sometimes will our discussion will kind of will, will you know a lot of quiet moments or whatnot. Not because we we hate the movie, but just you know. Anyone else have anything to say? No, we could go on, I guess, for an hour with this. This is kind of, I wanted to note that, that I'm glad that we, yeah, enjoyed those discussions. Go ahead, Eric. I'm sorry, we, we got to move on. I feel a bit, I feel a bit worried because we're not going to have this in depth of a discussion for my movie next <laughs> week, but it's all good. We need a, we need a, a Levitt, like, just, yeah, anyways. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is that time again for Recast? We close each episode with the recast game, where we each play casting director and choose a different actor from any era, living or dead, to portray a character in, this, in the film instead. First up is Fahad. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so I went a completely different route with this. I did this last season as well with one of them, where I wanted to make this movie by recasting kind of flip and see what would have happened in this case so what i was thinking of is you know with kevin the father kept on just saying oh he's just a boy he's just a boy it's fine everything's good and they built this close relationship um and it, it, i and as you all know from this discussion i have a lot of issues with the father so i wondered what if instead of kevin it was karen what if they had a baby girl that was having these exact same issues would the father say, oh, everything's fine? Would she be close to the father or would she and the mom have, a, like, I was curious what would happen? Everything else is the same, except it's a girl instead of a boy. Um, so that's what I wanted to recast to see what could have happened in this case. So I, I was going to recast um, little boy Kevin, like the six-year-old Kevin with a young McKenna Grace. Oh. Because she's in a movie, isn't it called like The Bad Seed and The Bad Seed 2 or something? Oh, we need to watch those. Yeah. So I think she plays that same kind of a sociopathic child. Is that uh, a remake of The Bad Seed from 1950? No, I don't oh. know. Um, so anyways, I think she could pull it off, but I would like to see that change and see would the same kind of story play out that way if it were a little girl? That's my reason. That's interesting. Yes. I don't I think, think it would. I don't think so either. Because boys are more likely, males are more likely to commit violent acts than females. So that would be interesting, interesting if okay. it does. but I was just I, I wanted to see more so from the father's perspective with because you know this is just a six-year-old one would yeah. the father 
let her go so easily when she ruined the mom's room or play the yeah. video games with her or buy her archery like would yeah. he play or when the mother complained about her would he listen more because it's not my little boy it's my little girl behavior because he didn't expect it from a girl you know the whole uh boys will be boys thing you can sort of exactly. see that in his head the whole movie he's like he's just a boy this is how they act he's like no it isn't <laughs> <laughs> or it shouldn't be <laughs> Yep. Ooh, and what if they had had this, the second child was a boy and they saw the complete opposite? Maybe that would have opened their eyes. Like, yeah. oh, it's not all boy matters. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, instead of, yeah, so mine was more of a gender swap. Okay. Thank you, Fahad. Uh, Mrs. Feldy's next. All righty. I've got two. <laughs> so, I would recast Kevin with a young. Edward Furlong, Pet Cemetery to Edward Furlong. I think oh. he would, like that age. He would do a good job as yes. you know. And then um, the dad. What if Jake Gyllenhaal played the dad? Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Um, because I, I see I, the problem is I know John C. Riley from from comedy movies. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. It was hard for me. I know he's done other more. Um, non-comedy movies, but it was hard for me to get it used to seeing him not in a comedic role. Hmm. So a more dramatic actor. I forgot to ask about him and his casting as like this kind of pudgy guy with, with this felt sexy woman, you know, Tola Swinton's <laughs> character. That was, but we can't go there. We got to run out of time. But anyway, maybe we mentioned that Shalia made me think of, you know, they were, I don't know if this is a mismatch, but it was just kind of interesting, his casting and what's so significant about that. And I don't see Maybe her- you're supposed to be just typical dad. <laughs> I just had a da- dad bod. Yeah, but even, I don't know. They were, he was, they, they were out, you know, traveling the country and stuff like that when she was a travel writer. And I don't know, she, I don't see her going down the street and, oh, look at this sexy dude with the bod, dad bod. And like, she seems like somebody she'll get- <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. I mean, people look at personalities. I'm yeah. sorry, I know, I know. I'm especially, especially women. Women are more attracted to personalities. True. Okay. Okay. In the flashbacks they make them seem uh, very, very bohemian, and of course he goes yes. full, like suburban once they have a kid, and he's mm-hmm. not exactly the same person. So the relationship's not the same, but. But yeah, they're like more like she found somebody whose personality she clicked with. Yeah. Probably just as adventurous. But then it all went away. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't make well, any sense. Yeah. Well, thank you, Shelly. Um, next is Eric. Hi. Okay. So I, I agree with what Shelly just said because there were two different people in the movie that I thought was, was a really weird casting. Um, one was John C. Riley because I only know him from comedy. And I was like, it's just so <laughs> weird. It's, I don't know why they chose to have him in the movie. I like him a lot. And he played this role yeah. well. The other one was um, Siobhan Fallon playing uh, the woman at the travel agency that she works for in oh. present day because she's a comedy actress too. She was from SNL and, um, and I, I love her to death, but it was just such a strange choice. It was almost like she's a parody instead of a real person. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, um, so I wanted to recast the dad too. Uh, and I thought uh, of recasting him with Jay Duplass. I don't know if you know him, but he's the, the brother on Transparent. And he was the disgraced professor on Netflix's The Chair that was just a miniseries like last year. And uh, first of all, he looks a little more like Kevin, but he's also, he's not like, um, 
he's a funny guy, but he's mostly in dramedies and dramas. And uh, he definitely could play that whole uh, boys club vibe up even more. Like, oh, this is my son and we connect and I don't really know what you're talking about. You're being an hysterical woman kind of deal. Um, and so, I, yeah, I think that that would have worked pretty well. And if we, it wouldn't have, I, I felt like a weird disconnect watching John C. Riley. But I'm, I'm sure the reason they cast him was because he's like the nice guy and he's sort of a little bit oblivious and naive and you don't want to hate him. You, you sort of feel bad for him. He's not getting it. <laughs> but, but you know, it's a very, this is a very serious and bleak movie. So I was like, we need him to get it though. Like what's wrong with this guy? Yeah. So that's who I thought. Okay. Thank you, Eric. Um, next is Ruth. Okay, so um, I also, I guess I um, wanted to recast the dad to see if maybe some, you know, one of the, the dad might be more with it, knowing what's going on, but um, <clears throat> I've been watching um, a, a TV show, the, the new one with um, Sylvester Stallone, and it made me think of someone who's got a lot more, not necessarily that, but someone who would be more with, like, I guess have some sort of assertiveness or awareness or at least to have more of his wife's back maybe too um i was like well maybe sylvester stallone would be someone cool and different to play that would be very strange (laughs) (laughs) she's so tall and skinny and he's of short stature I'm picturing, I'm just, I'm hearing his voice, like, in the scenes. (laughs) Very distinctive. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Ruth. Well, I decided to recast uh, Ava with a Black actress. I was thinking someone that had some, the talents that they were looking for, like, the, just, like, the, to play this role of, of, like, yeah, being the, 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 this tortured mom, like you know, tortured by you know, her, you know everything that happened with her son. Um, it's kind of a dark, dark role here. Uh, I, Halle Berry, I've seen her in different roles, and she played um, kind of a tortured soul who had similar tragedies happen. Not um, a massacre, but like things that happened with her. Um, was her husband of a monsters ball? And then some other good movies that she was in. So um, versatile, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, so I thought of her, I don't know, her expressions, her versatility. I can see her kind of taking taking on this role of this, like, you know, this, you know, this free spirit turned mom in agony, you know, with with having to deal with, you know, her life, her, you know, some committing this, you know, crime and all. So yeah, I don't know. Halle Berry's kind of popped my mind, so that's who I decided to recast Ava to cast Ava with. Yeah, I believe her with John C. Riley even less. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can see Halle Berry pulling off that tortured. Like, that's what I was saying. She she did she it would quite do it a few times, would, and 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 she would win the Oscar because she would be doing it without makeup. That's yes. what happens. If you want an Oscar, don't wear makeup. Yeah, exactly. And a prosthetic, so give her like big ears. I think I chose her before for something else, but I just really saw her in my mind when I, um, you know, with, with, especially with some of the more dramatic scenes in the in the movie and whatnot. So yeah. All right, it's time to rate. Go ahead and open your chat, enter the number, raise your thumb, and then count down three, two, one, zero to hit enter. Um, 
Where's my rate box? <laughs> Open up the chat. I'm trying to find it. My, my rate box. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, it's a it's a new feature in Zoom. It's only for rating though, so don't you dare use it to chat. <laughs> <laughs> I found it, but my, the, your your face your face the box is recovering. Yeah, I, I was going to tell you it's not labeled rate; it's labeled chat in case. Chat. You yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so on the row of zero, um, hit enter. So three, two, one, zero. Okay. Ooh, Takia and Eric are the exact same. Hey, Eric. Hey, we agree. When does that happen? I don't know when that's last happened for the two of you, but. I know. I, I just about to oh. movies before. I'm glad you would like this. It's awesome. Shelly, can you do the honors, please? Yes. All right. Fahad. Four, um, Takia, 4.5, Eric, 4.5, Ruth, 2.75, Shelly, three. Thank you. Ruth, oh, not, is this because of how much you hated the mom? Me? <laughs> okay, Eric, um, the overall average is 3.75. Good. Ooh. This was a really strong choice. Uh, I was, I've been wanting to watch it for a long time and it didn't disappoint, so. Oh man, yeah, well, agreed. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite movies, like the top 20s of all time. Oh, are you filled with joy watching it? <laughs> I wouldn't go with joy, but it was, it was very- okay, was like, <laughs> <laughs> feel good movie of the year. Oh yeah, you know, no, no, I mean, filled with joy watching something dramatic. That's more what I meant. <laughs> Kia, what is this re- watchability level for you is this a movie you can watch over and over i could i could i want to say like you know, another year and watch it another year i could watch it again yeah once a year this is a movie i'll be throwing on to fall asleep too <laughs> no <laughs> no it's okay it's not that it's a bad movie it's not a good falling to sleep yeah i would fall asleep with that okay you're kind of scary yeah okay <laughs> This movie is called Birth Control. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the kind of movie where I'm like, at the end, yes, uh, my decision to not have children. Because you don't know what you're going to get. You might get a Kevin. So That's never oh, For her specifically, who didn't want a child. She didn't want to be a mother. So don't. I know. That that's, that's what I was saying in the beginning of, of when we started our discussion. You're she bringing a life it. into this world. Like, you need to be ready to take it on. And Yeah. Well, again, we could spend hours talking about yeah. 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 But what's next? All right, let's do it. Okay, everybody. I was the first to go last time. I'm the last to go this time, but I'm still very excited. So going along the themes of what we talked about, choosing something that has some kind of a similarity, relationships, a theme or something to go along with our first choice. Um, my first choice last season was April goes west. No. Ingrid. Ingrid goes west. <laughs> Ingrid. Let's edit that. That is that not out. the first time you've been that, by the way. April is her character in Parks and Rec, a show I watch. <laughs> oh, that's April. why you said that. Uh-huh. <laughs> April Ludgate. And I've actually been watching a lot of Aki Plaza videos on YouTube. That's last hilarious. Night. Um, so let me start that over again. My <laughs> first voice last season was Ingrid goes west. Um, so with this, I'm playing more so with the, where an Ingrid goes best, she was somebody who, who 
went to California to chase her quote unquote dream of meeting this influencer and trying to be like her and everything. And she actually ended up in a weird way achieving her dream. She became friends with her, everything got ruined, but in the end, she herself became famous. So going along those themes, I wanted somebody to go somewhere. So I chose the movie, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Instead of going east, she's, instead of going west, she's going (laughs) east. Um, And it follows Mrs. Harris, who is a cleaning lady in London, and follows her as she wants to achieve her dreams of getting something that's all the way in Paris. And we get to go along on an adventure with her as she goes to Paris and tries to reach this dream. Uh, it's uh, it's It's a very different movie than what we just watched. We need to talk about Kevin. Very different movie from Ingrid Goes West but I hope you all will enjoy it. Um, the movie, how many people does she murder along the way? <laughs> my lips are sealed. I don't want to give okay. spoilers. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, she has to step on someone to get to her dream. <laughs> if I've learned anything from cinema. <laughs> you'll see. You'll see. Is that, what's, is that what's needed to get your dream or can you still get your dream another way? So for your consideration, I present <laughs> Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. I declare this episode of Old Fogies and Films concluded. Thanks for joining us. You can find us on Facebook and find our list on Letterboxd. Don't forget to leave a comment or review. Everyone say bye. 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 Sorry, I thought you were going to go to Eric. I'm being punished. I went in in a queue. Yeah, I am not spontaneous. I had to write things down, man. I didn't realize how hard this was. Sorry, that was that was spontaneous though. Instead of calling me, you called someone else. Sorry, because you know, Eric, he was in my queue all of a sudden. I just kind of my my brain my my brain farted bubbles. It's all good. It's all good. I just I I need to mentally prepare now. But okay, anyway, so we'll start with me. Okay. Yes, go ahead, Eric. I mean, pause. <laughs> <I'm not gone. laughs> Bob, let's hear your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs>